Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up on today's episode, we look at where things stand in Jets training camp with two games to go. Plus, one player's making a case for the third line, and it's not Christian Veselainen. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. My apologies for the late episode, everyone. I had to deal with some microphone issues, but we're good to go now, so we'll dive right into it. The Jets made a huge round of cuts after a pair of games over the weekend, and with only two exhibition games left, I think it's fair to say what we see moving forward is basically going to be the lineup at the start of the year for the Winnipeg Jets. So the cuts, a number of players sent to the Manitoba Moose. Gotta start it off. First and foremost, by pouring out a drink for my homie, Mikey Asamont. The Mikey Asamont experiment is over at the NHL. He was sent to the Moose, and as president and founding member of the Mikey Asamont fan club, this isn't goodbye, it's just see you later. A hell of a camp, though, for the spark plug. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do for the Moose this year, but he definitely was one of the few that opened my eyes up front outside of the NHL regulars during the first few exhibition games. The same goes for Johnny Kovacevic, who, in my opinion, might have had the best camp out of all the non-regulars on the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, he just looked real polished and solid out there right from day one. I mean, he paired really nicely with Logan Stanley, too. Maybe a, a third pair of the future, potentially, for the Winnipeg Jets. I think he's pretty much NHL ready right now, but with the right side solidified, He was realistically never going to make this team out of camp to begin with, so it does make sense to send him down now and get ready for a big, big season in the AHL for him. And quickly on that, the Moose are going to have a hell of a team this year. I mean, for any fans of AHL hockey in this city and in this province, this is shaping up to be a super competitive squad. And, you know, with the likes of Perfetti and Hanela. The other guys I mentioned, Sandberg when he's healthy, you know, a few others. It's going to be pretty sweet to see the potentially contend for a Calder Cup. So super, super exciting times this upcoming season ahead for the Baby Jets. I know a lot of people want to see, you know, Perfetti and Hainala get minutes in the NHL this year. And they probably will anyways. But there's a ton of value in, you know, potentially going on a deep run in the AHL playoffs. I mean, it's... 
look, Tampa Bay would have been fine if, if they didn't do that. But, you know, Kucherov, the triplets, Kucherov, Johnson, Palat, Kalorn, Gord, the list goes on and on and on. You know, a lot of the members of the Tampa Bay Lightning got a ton of experience playing big, important minutes with their farm team. I think it's a super, super positive development if that's the case this year for the Manitoba Moose. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that as the year progresses. But back to the main club here. The cuts are all done. Really, we kind of have a general sense of what the roster is going to be. We'll start off with the defense. I mean, really, there was never much doubt. Now, Logan Stanley is battling a bit of an injury right now. We don't really know the severity just yet. I'm not on the ice for Tuesday's practice, so this is something to keep an eye on. But assuming full health, we knew going into camp what it was going to be, and we know for game one what it's going to be. Morrissey, Schmidt, Dylan, and Pionk, and then Stanley and DeMello, we assume is going to be the pairings. Although if Logan Stanley's out, I think that opens a spot for Vili Hanela to grab some early minutes at the NHL level. But all in all, we kind of know what the defense is going to be. And I think early returns have been pretty positive so far, right? I, I mean, it's tough to get a true sense of how good this decor is going to be this upcoming season. But at the very least, they've all looked pretty solid. And I think we've seen some positive early signs, some chemistry even, with the Pionk and Dylan pairing, which I'm the most excited to see in regular season action this year. So the defense is all sorted out, essentially. The goaltending situation, you know, is technically sorted out for now, but the questions going into training camp, I think, still persist. And a lot of the fan base is being very vocal about it right now. I mean, we know Connor Hellebuck is going to play, what, 80% of the games this season, somewhere in that range. But... The questions surrounding Eric Comrie have only intensified with his performance so far during preseason. I mean, he certainly hasn't, you know, eased any concerns the Jets had about the backup goalie spot now that Laurent Brassois is in Vegas. Eric Comrie right now through preseason, an 870, I believe, save percentage, which closely mirrors his 873 NHL regular season save percentage. Obviously, those aren't good enough at this level to get the job done. Again, just preseason, but judging by what we've seen so far, you know, I think the same doubts about Eric Comrie being an NHL goaltender, they persist. And, and they're going to be there until he has at least a decent stretch of games. Now, the big question is going to be just how long this leash is, right? Like how long, if you're the Winnipeg Jets, do you keep putting Eric Comrie out there if the results just aren't following despite, you know, good work ethic, good character, great guy, all that. It's tough, right? Because as a goalie, you're like, I, I I probably need about, you know, seven, eight, nine games to get into a rhythm and, you know, to kind of feel comfortable with where I'm at right now. But I don't think the Jets have the luxury of waiting that long because Connor Hellebuck is going to play a ton of games for the Jets and he very likely is going to play a ton of games for the U.S. Olympic team this year. So, I mean, rest and easing the workload off Connor Hellebuck is of maybe even greater importance this year as opposed to years past. We'll keep an eye out on the goaltenders that will eventually hit the waiver wire once preseason starts to wind down, and there will be some interesting names out there. So there is the potential that, hey, going into Game 1, Eric Comrie isn't on the Jets roster even, and they go out there and find a different guy. But I can't imagine that the leash goes much past you know the end of November. I, I think early on you have to make a decision regardless of how few opportunities are given, whether or not Eric Comrie is going to be the backup or if 
we need to find a veteran replacement, take a chance on maybe a, a highly touted youngster that got pushed out of an organization. The stakes are too high this year to just hand over the spot to somebody that a lot of people think right now isn't ready for the gig. So we'll keep an eye on that. Things might change pretty drastically in a week's time. Um, I do wonder about a guy like Malcolm Subban, for example, out there in Chicago. You know, the goalie crease is getting a little crowded there with Marc-Andre Fleury in the mix now. He doesn't have the greatest numbers at the NHL level, but, I mean, they're better than Eric Comrie's. So that's a potential name to keep an eye on. I think Forsberg as well with Ottawa. There's a few names that potentially could be suiting up for the Winnipeg Jets for game one of the regular season. So that's the defense and the goalies. Relatively, we have an idea of what's going on there. The forward core, though, is where the big potential changes could take place. The top six is all set. I mean, we know that. We know it's Shifley with a Connor. We know it's Cop, Dubois, and Ehlers to start the year in the top six. That's not going to change for, what, at least 10 games to start the regular season. That's going to be the look. That's going to be the main offensive output for the team this year. We also know Adam Lowry is going to center the third line with Paul Stasny on his left. And I think Riley Nash is going to center the fourth line with Jansen Harkins on his left. Jansen Harkins, you know, might very well have had the best camp of any forward for the Winnipeg Jets right now. Or at the very least, he's been one of the most productive forwards during the actual preseason game. So I think it's safe to say that he's locked up a spot in the top 12 for the Winnipeg Jets. The intrigue comes, though, on the right side in the bottom six. We know Christian Veselainen was basically given the driver's seat to take over the right spot on Adam Lowry's line. I mean, he's been there since the start of camp, and he's played with Adam Lowry every single time the two have been together during the exhibition schedule. But it's really, really hard to ignore the very impressive performance so far from Yevgeny Svechnikov, who, who doesn't even have a contract with the team, by the way, just yet. But... He, along with Jansen Harkins, have been among the team's leaders in scoring during the exhibition schedule, and Sveshnikov himself has four points to his tally. If we're talking just strictly head-to-head performances between Veselainen and Sveshnikov, it's not even a debate, really, who's looked more impressive. I mean, Sveshnikov has been everything I think Jets fans could have hoped for. I don't think he's going to challenge for a spot in the top six anytime soon, but if you're talking about who popped off the page during preseason. There's no doubt Sveshnikov has a much, much bigger impact just from the eye test over Christian Veselainen. I think Sveshnikov's got better speed, better hands. The shot is is really, really solid as well. And we're starting to see him get a little more confident to become a little more aggressive in terms of unleashing his shot towards opposing goaltenders. And as far as the defensive side of the game goes, I mean, I don't know if one guy has the edge over the other, but Gennady Svechnikov's been pretty damn good in that department, and he's been killing penalties on top of it too, which, you know, gives him a chance to stay in the lineup, although Veselainen has killed penalties as well. For me, Gennady Svechnikov's been the most pleasant surprise during all of training camp and preseason, and I think he's earned himself a job as, as one of the 12 forwards for the Jets this year. I mean, he has been, he's done nothing but impress, and I like what Paul Marie said too, right? He's done everything that he can do. Like, I don't know what more you would have asked out of Evgeny Svechnikov outside of maybe potting a couple more goals, but he has been really, really impactful basically every time he stepped out there on the ice. So it's funny because if we're talking about, you know, a battle for roster spots and you've got to earn your position on the roster, to me, Svechnikov's the guy that should be beside Lowry and Stasny on the third line right wing spot. And then Christian Veselainen drops down to the fourth line. But... 
The practice lines came out during Tuesday's practice. And again, it was Lowry, Veselainen, and Stasny on the third line. It was Riley Nash, Svechnikov on the right, and Harkins on the left on the fourth line. I imagine that's going to be how things play out for game one of the regular season. You know, pushing aside Mark Scheifele's suspension for just a second. It's a little disappointing to me because if we're going just off merit and competition, I think Svechnikov earned himself a look on the third line there. Plus, I mean, you can't even talk pedigree with Christian Veselainen as a reason to put him there because Svechnikov was a higher draft pick in the first round than Veselainen was. I think it's just a, a reminder that, you know, coaches all the time talk about and, and they preach competition. You know, this job's up for grabs. This roster spot's up for grabs heading into the season during training camp and preseason. But there's just not enough time, really, for anybody to really, truly overtake somebody for their spot on the roster. Because you have to keep in mind, the head coach has spent three months of the offseason putting together his optimal lineup to start the year, and I don't think they're going to let a couple of weeks of camp and, and preseason sway them from their original line of thinking. This is something to keep an eye on as we get through the early portions of the regular season. But if Christian Veselainen isn't impressing in that role, I'm not going to hesitate whatsoever to yank him out of that spot, drop him on the fourth line, and and put Evgeny Svechnikov up there. Uh, you know, I would put Jansen, to me, Jansen Arkins has been the most impressive, but I don't know how comfortable he is playing on the right wing. We've primarily seen him just down the middle or on the left side for the Jets, so that puts a bit of a wrinkle into it. But I'm not waiting too long on Christian Veselainen because I think Evgeny Svechnikov has earned himself a look on that third line. And if we're being honest as well, we just haven't really seen a whole lot of impressive performances from Christian Veselainen at the NHL level. I, I just, I don't know what kind of player he's going to be, right? Like, or, or what kind of player he's trying to be because the size and the athleticism is clearly there for everyone to see, but he's not a bruiser. You know, he's okay for checking, but nothing that really pops off the page, anything like that. And defensively, he's he's fine, right? But he's no he's no Andrew Kopp out there on the wing. So I just, I really wonder what you're going to get out of Christian Veselainen. And, and, and hey, maybe it might be a time to, to sell, you know, I'm not going to say sell high, but it might be a time to sell early, you know, potentially with that backup goaltender position in flux right now for the Jets. But at the very least, it's been promising that the Jets have seen somebody come up and make a case to take that spot whether it is Svechnikov whether it takes four or five games that remains to be seen but from what I've seen so far there's no doubt in my mind that head-to-head Svechnikov has been the clear winner of the competition between those two so far during the preseason do you want to get to one thing from the athletic too quickly Um, maybe a little bit controversial the placing of the Winnipeg Jets in a certain ranking that's been ongoing so far. So we'll get into that in just a second here. But we do have to give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings because with hockey basically right around the corner, important for anybody to know out there that wants to make a little bit of cash, that DraftKings Sportsbook has a huge unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice or on any surface. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That That's right. Win-loss does not matter. Bet a dollar on a game, you win 100 bucks in free bets if one goal happens. Now, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state or province just yet, 
DraftKings still has huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Super easy to play, super easy to win as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any hockey game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck of the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now we're going to get into kind of an ongoing series over there at The Athletic with Dom LeShizhen's, uh season preview and essentially the rankings of where teams will end up in the upcoming NHL season and where the Winnipeg Jets have shown up on that list. We'll get to that in just a sec, but there is, I mean, kind of breaking news, but not really breaking news. Uh, but Jets practice going on right now and the power plays. There's some power play work being done, and we have our first kind of look at, I think, what the Jets' power plays, what their setup, who's going to be out there, how that's going to look for the upcoming season. On the number one power play unit, if you listen to the podcast, you know I've been a big proponent of this, but Neil Pionk is the number one defenseman on the number one power play unit. So interesting development there that Neil Pionk gets first crack with the main group. Uh, Forwards for that, no surprise, Connor Shifley-Wheeler. But Pierre-Luc Dubois is actually the fourth forward on the first power play unit. So that's an interesting wrinkle. Uh, Just judging from reports that we are uh, seeing so far, Kyle Connor is actually kind of that net front slash behind the goal line spot on the power play. The spot where Paul Stasny has has been or was this past season. So that's a bit of a change instead of Kyle Connor up there on the left side. Um, which means Blake Wheeler is back to manning the power play on the half wall. Mark Shifley, obviously, on what was formerly known as Line A Island. And Dubois is in the high slot kind of bumper area. So that's an interesting wrinkle. And before we get to that uh, second power play unit, Ehlers, Cop, Stasny. So it's a switch of Stasny, Dubois. And then no surprise, Morrissey and Schmidt are the defensemen. So... I want to see this in action before I, I critique it or anything like that. Um, my initial takeaways, though, are that, you know, for any poolies out there, you know, maybe bump Mark Shifley up a spot or two because it's pretty clear that with that specific setup, the main focus, the main go-to play is going to be the Mark Shifley one-timer. Neil Pionk, very easily as a right-shot defenseman, can pass the puck over quickly in one motion to Shifley, and Blake Wheeler on the half wall, is going to be making Mark Shifley his main passing focus. And with Dubois in the slot, no one-timer there because he's a lefty. So, again, the main power play focus is going to be funneling one-time shots towards Mark Shifley out there right around the face-off dot. Now, Cal Connor moving from his one-time spot there around the top of the circle to below the goal line. We've seen that in the past. I actually like him in that role. I think he's pretty nifty there. I mean... We know how quick his hands are. We know how elusive he can be in tight areas. I think, you know, even despite not having the opportunity for a one-time shot, I think we can see him be pretty successful from that spot. The big, I don't want to say concern even, but I guess the big unknown is just what Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be like in that bumper spot right in the middle of the ice. You know, personally, 
I would probably switch Stasny and Dubois just because I think what we saw out of the second power play last year is enough that you want to keep that together for a little while, right? I mean, there was times and, you know, maybe even as the season wound down, that was in a way the team's best power play unit, the Ehlers, Kopp, and Dubois forward leg group. I don't know if you necessarily want to change that, right? Like, I, I think... I don't know. We'll, we'll see what it looks like, I guess. I, I Again, I'm not harping on, on Paul Maurice or anything like that, but I don't know if I would be going out of my way to break up the second power play unit just yet, and I think Paul Stasny can be just fine on the first power play unit, as we've seen in the past. But again, for any poolies out there, maybe bump Pierre-Luc Dubois up a couple of spots because it looks like the Jets want to get him some primo power play time and maybe boost up those point totals a little bit. So we'll keep an eye on that. I would probably have Dubois and Stasny flip-flopped, but in the meantime, interesting new wrinkle for the Winnipeg Jets power play. Now, back to The Athletic. For those of you that either don't read it or haven't followed along, Dom Lechizian, the main analytics writer, I guess, for The Athletic, does his yearly season preview kind of ranking of each team in the NHL. So starting from 32 all the way down, it's a countdown of where each team is projected by the numbers solely by the numbers, by the model, to finish in the upcoming season. So I'm always interested when you look just solely at the numbers, what kind of the hard data might suggest take place over the course of the NHL season. And I was very curious to where the Winnipeg Jets would end up on this particular set of rankings, just because we all know in the past, the Jets haven't been the most, I guess, analytically sound team in the NHL. They've consistently been outshot and outchanced. But having Connor Hellebuck mitigates a bunch of that. And then high and forward skill can kind of erase some of the shot disparity, the chance disparity that we've seen over the past couple of years. So I was just curious how bringing in a pair of top four defensemen, you know, some losses up front, just what the team would look like and where they would finish. So I, I guess it's kind of good news, bad news in this. The good news is Dom Lachishan's model has the Winnipeg Jets as a playoff team. Third in the Central. So not a wild card team, but they earn an automatic spot as a top three team in a division. So I guess that's the good news, right? The numbers are somewhat optimistic about the team. The bad news, though, is that eh, maybe not as high as a lot of people might think or a lot of Jets fans would expect the team to finish this year. Dom Lachishan's model has the Winnipeg Jets with the 15th best record in the NHL. So, so right around the middle of the pack. The Jets at 15. Coincidentally, followed by the Dallas Stars at 16 and the St. Louis Blues at 17. The Jets are projected with 94 points. Again, I wonder how many fans would be okay with that. Just one point ahead of the Dallas Stars, so it's pretty tight between those two teams. The interesting part, though, maybe isn't even necessarily where the Winnipeg Jets are ranked, but who is ahead of them? Because we all know Colorado is going to be one of the top two teams in the league this year, probably going to win the division handily. Uh, they haven't showed up on the rankings list just yet, uh, only down to the seventh best team in the NHL. But the Minnesota Wild are the ninth best team in the NHL heading into this year. According to Dom's model, which I find very, very surprising, and I think a lot of other people did too, not even necessarily that the Wild could be a playoff team. I think there's a very viable argument for the Wild to grab a playoff spot this upcoming season. But to be essentially four or five points 
ahead of the Jets and almost a 100-point team? I, I just don't see that. Hey, look, we're going to get into our kind of prediction extravaganza team ranking episode a week from today, next Tuesday, right on the eve of the start of the NHL regular season. So I'm not going to dive too much into this here, but... I mean, I will give you guys a bit of a teaser. I, I just don't see the Minnesota Wild finishing ahead of the Winnipeg Jets this year. I, I, I don't see it. I think the Wild are a good team. But even with Kaprizov, I still think the Jets have a pretty sizable advantage up front and in net. While Minnesota does have still one of the best blue lines in the NHL. You know, a pretty big, I guess, disparity or improvement over what the Winnipeg Jets are throwing out there. But I don't think it's as big. I don't think the gap is as big as it was in years past. On top of that, I mean, look, Cam Talbot is solid. But to me, Connor Hellebuck over what the Minnesota Wild have in net, I I, I just think the Jets are going to finish well ahead of the Wild this season. To me, the intriguing battle is going to be between the Wild, the Stars, and the Blues, who is going to emerge out of those three to be you know, a possible contender for second or third in the Central Again, we'll get into that on Tuesday's episode, but just interesting that by the numbers, yes, the Jets are a playoff team with 94 points, but not one of the the higher-end ones, not a top-10 team at the very least. Uh, For those wondering, by the way, teams that are ranked ahead of the Winnipeg Jets according to this model, the Washington Capitals, Carolina Hurricanes, Rangers, and Penguins, so four Metro teams finish ahead of the Winnipeg Jets. The Kraken come in at the 10th spot, That is going to make a lot of people angry. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that one either. um, But that may be in part due to a really, really crappy Pacific division. Um, But I will say, I don't think the Kraken are a better team than the Winnipeg Jets right now. Uh, The Wild, like I mentioned there, at number 9. Florida at number 8. And the Islanders finally getting respect from everybody. The Islanders are the 7th ranked team. The top 6 still yet to come. So, again, we'll get into that on Tuesday's episode. But just for those that are wondering... The Jets are an improved team by the numbers. Good enough to get into the playoffs again, but maybe just a little hesitant on pushing them into the elite, the upper echelon of the NHL. I think they're going to be a little bit closer to that, but again, stay tuned for that episode. That's going to do it for us today. Again, my apologies for the late drop, but the mic is good to go. I promise we're good to go moving forward here, so I appreciate you sticking around and and listening to a late episode here. Uh, But we're back at it on Friday. We'll get into more preseason talk, one of two games against the Calgary Flames for the Winnipeg Jets. Really the first time we might see their NHL Game 1 lineup in action. So we'll break down how the team looks there, maybe more aggressive, let's hope so. And anything else around the NHL in that time. So make sure you tune in back at it on Friday. In the meantime though, thanks for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host Brandon Rewicki. Peace!